We saved serious cash with our Progressive Home and Auto Bundle and used the money to buy a new boat. Who's ready to water ski? (laughs) This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough for a new boat. They'll probably spend it on rent or gas money or maybe one of those little plastic wading pools for the yard. Ahoy there! Is what the captain might say on the toy boat in your wading pool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I'm going to read this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I have been hyping up how big this podcast is going to be on my stream for quite a while now. And if you've been paying any ounce of attention to what's going on in the streaming world or in the Apple world, you know exactly why. Major, major news. And we're just going to dive right into it we're gonna first off by saying microsoft has completely shut down all of its retail operations if you don't remember microsoft had a large number of well not a large number but a decent sized number of standalone stores within malls located near other Apple stores specifically to showcase high-end PCs as well as their own Surface brand, which really not until recently really took off with a wide amount of variety. For the longest time when this project originally launched, all they had were their normal Intel-powered Windows At that time, 8, now Windows 10, powered Surface tablets and Surface RT, but no one talks about Surface RT. I mean, let's be honest. You completely forgot Surface RT even existed until I said it, or you just didn't know it existed at all. And you know what? I don't blame you. But the point is that all the stores are now gone. And you might be wondering to yourself, why? Why are all the Microsoft stores gone? The answer is very simple. 2020. I know that sounds like a generic basic excuse, but 2020 happened. The stores in general weren't doing all that well. Because a large number of them didn't even have product to actually sell. The one actually near me here in Wauwatosa was just a little kiosk. And they didn't even have anything for sale there that you could physically take home with you. Except for a handful of accessories. It was basically a giant demo stand. Then of course... The pandemic happens, and all of retail shuts down. Then we start opening back up again, but of course we're all discouraged from touching anything, and that's the whole point of the Microsoft and Apple stores. 
to give you a chance to go test out, try to feel what is unique technology. Because let's be honest, the biggest thing Microsoft has on their Surface devices is the touchscreen. And more importantly, their top-tier stylus interacting with the touchscreen. And now you can't touch any of that because of the pandemic. So why spend money hand over fist to basically run dead weight? You don't. It's just that simple. And it's not all that surprising. The pandemic is unfortunately, as much as we hate to admit it, really pushing the entire world more towards a retail environment where everything is online, where everything is run in the same similar fashion that Amazon has run since 19 always. It's sad to say so, but that's the truth. So Microsoft is doing the exact same. Fortunately, Microsoft claims these individuals will not be losing their jobs. Everyone that worked at these retail stores are being relocated to helping to operate the online stores. I don't know why, but this fan just kicked into high gear, and I don't know if it's being picked up on the mic. If it is, I apologize, but I digress. That is the way things are moving. So we'll see how things go. I do hope, I really do hope, that other retailers can find ways to compete with Amazon. I really, really do, even though it is obscenely difficult. Amazon has so much mindshare right now when it comes to online shopping. And the fact that they can do same and next day shipping, or at least close to it-ish, does pose a major hurdle for outfits like Microsoft to go and go over. Or heck, just imagine some of the smaller guys like for example imagine if I was still a used computer salesman how would I sell freaking two three year old laptops on my own how is the little guy going to compete I really am unsure now Microsoft didn't stop there. In fact, actually, they did this next shutdown first. This week was Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. All right. In the middle of that, while the tech world's eyes were focused on... Apple making huge announcements. Microsoft announced that the game streaming platform Mixer, which as far as Mindshare goes, is number three 
Microsoft announces it's gone. Poof. Just like that. Mixer will be shutting down as of July 22nd. And they told literally no one before then. Not even their own staff. Everyone was literally caught off guard. Including the Mixer partners themselves. Mixer streamers are now just left trying to figure out what the heck to do. Well, it's okay, because Microsoft has a great plan for all you Mixer streamers out there. They're saying that, hey, we're partnering with Facebook Gaming. And in fact, you too can go over to Facebook Gaming. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, no, no, no one liked that idea. Especially when the meeting for that started with those Mixer partners being forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement with Facebook Gaming in order to proceed. (laughs) That is the wrong move! No one wants to, all on the same day, find out your job is in jeopardy and that in order to move forward, you have to go sign an NDA with another company same day if you want to find out what hope your career has in its current form it did leak out that facebook gaming was offering mixer partners $2500 to sign an exclusivity agreement with facebook gaming It is unknown how many people took that, mostly because those people also signed NDAs. And well, if we had that info, well, guess what? There's a whole lot of NDAs that have been violated, and now that number suddenly went down. Whoops. Now, you might be wondering something. Didn't Mixer sign on some, uh, some big Twitch streamers? Uh, not too long ago and paid an arm and a leg for them in hopes that uh, they'd bring their audiences over to Mixer to keep the platform afloat. Yeah, what were their names again? Oh, yeah. Ninja and Shroud. Whatever happened to those guys? Well, Slasher had reported... That their contracts were straight up bought out. That because they were being violated, the remainder was being paid directly to Ninja Shroud. And the numbers are... uh, um, I'm not going to lie. They made made me a little jealous. Not going to lie. It's it's a little jealous. Shroud, his contract was worth 10 million dollars I mean just let that sink in for a second you streamed you were paid to stream on a platform for six months and in the end you walk away with 10 million dollars before taxes and paying whatever other staff you had to make your entire operation work but still 10 million dollars 
Ninja was paid $30 million. And that's just the numbers that were put out. As someone in the chat mentioned, it's believed that these numbers was what was left of their contract. But we're not sure about that yet. And there's a decent chance we'll probably never know for certain. Until the information leaks out of Facebook, because Facebook has no idea how to keep anything a secret. What? I'm just saying. When was the last time Facebook kept a secret? Oh yeah, never. Whoops. You know what's even better? Facebook offered to pay double those contracts to bring on Ninja and Shroud as Facebook exclusive streamers. And they said no. They turned down at least 20 and 60 million dollars because they trusted Facebook that little. Granted, I have a feeling a lot of that was also they got burned with Mixer. Their viewership tanked on Mixer. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. The amount they were making in from sponsorships and whatnot was hot garbage compared to what they made on Twitch. And so, as of right now, we still have no idea where either are going to go. We have no idea. If I had to guess, I imagine Shroud would go back to to Twitch. And, well, Ninja's Twitch page has been reverted back to the way it was before he left. But I imagine because of the bad handling of a troll that managed to commandeer Ninja's page and have it stream hardcore porn for almost an hour, I got a feeling that... uh, Ninja's not too enthusiastic about going back to Twitch. If I had to guess, if you if you had me put down five bucks on where I think Ninja's going to end up, I would say YouTube. Now, chat is bringing up, there is a rumor going around that Shroud, Ninja, and Dr. Disrespect are all teaming up to start or join a smaller streaming platform. I find it hard to believe. I really do. Especially since Shroud and Ninja both learned a very important lesson when it comes to video game streaming. And that's, well, unlike platforms like TV or radio, where content is king, 
the platform does play a big role. And you as content consumers have probably realized this too. I've joked quite a number of times saying, I I think I'm going to go move over to Mixer. (laughs) JK, unless... The first things I see is, that's nice, I'm not following you. The platform plays a huge role because in the age of online broadcasting, there is always the fear of what a platform is doing with the data it skims off you as the viewer. There's also the concern about how stable is the platform. How good is the content going to look? Because it's not like a show moving from, say, Fox to CBS. You know whether, say, your favorite comedy show is on Fox or on... Or on CBS. It's going to look equally as good. However. On platforms like. YouTube. Twitch. Mixer. A whole bunch of other streaming platforms. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Bob Crush. That's the only one that pops in my head first. What was the one that came of, like, two bad Russian outlets? Smashcast, I think it was? It doesn't matter. No one's going to go to Smashcast. No one goes on Smashcast because Smashcast is so easy to just freaking... cheat the numbers. I remember back in the days before I was a Twitch affiliate, I I actually did simulcast all my streams on like nine different platforms. And the only place you get viewers, Twitch, YouTube, and at that time, Beam, which then became Mixer, which is now a, a dumpster that's on fire. I'd say what, 85% were on Twitch, Another 10% on YouTube, another 5% on then Beam, now Mixer. The rest of the platforms, pfft, nothing. No one's on there. No matter how much you try to unify it. So, with that said, I don't think there is any truth. To the concept of Shroud, Ninja, and Dr. Disrespect starting their own streaming platform. I just don't. And in fact, actually, someone in the chat brings up a a point that I was about to actually slide over. The Beam.TV platform was vastly superior quality-wise then before Microsoft bought it and started changing it over to Mixer, you noticed immediately there was more 
streaming delay. A lot of the features that made Beam great just started feeling a bit clunkier. It was a very, very noticeable difference. And I know it's easy for me to say now, but real talk, I was waiting until the Q2 numbers were going to come out to see where Mixer stood, which we should get those numbers uh, really soon, actually. Like, this upcoming week, we should see what the streaming numbers are across all the platforms. And it was going to be about then, depending on what I saw, I was going to predict that Mixer was going to be gone by the start of 2021. Like, I'm not even kidding. That was going to be my prediction. It turns out I was only off by seven months. And thus, a legacy is gone. And instead was just consumed by the monster that is Facebook gaming. Now, there is one other talk that was going around. And that was something said by a former Mixer employee saying that uh, there was quite a bit of odd racial talk within Mixer that the culture within was just very against those of that were African American and also using such lingo as saying that Mixer partners were basically slaves to them and that that this post was why Mixer decided to very suddenly stop existing now I'm not going to say I don't believe this but I have doubts It just seems way too convenient for this post to exist, especially considering the strong racial talks going on in the world today. But I am 100% certain that this had nothing to do with the shutdown of Mixer. And it's solely because of the Facebook buyout. This post came out on June 21st. That was exactly the day before it was announced that Mixer was going to be no more. The talks for Facebook to buy Mixer, I guarantee you those have been in works for over a month possibly two months these sort of deals are never spontaneous there is no even if Mixer saw this there is no way they could get they could get Facebook to fast to fast pedal even chats doubting my estimation of a month and I don't blame them. It's probably a low ball. It's probably way longer. So while troubling, 
I do doubt that this is the case. And as for the possibility of such toxicity existing within the employee culture, I guess in the end it doesn't matter. Because the employee culture within Mixer, in a matter of a few weeks, will very quickly cease to be, whether positive or negative. However, speaking of negative, we need to talk about quite possibly one of the most negative stories to have begun surfacing. And quite frankly, this could not come at a worse time for Twitch. Think about this for a second. You're Twitch, right? You have the most popular video games live streaming platform, period. And all of a sudden, it becomes public. That you, that your that not your next biggest piece of competition, but the one right out, right under them, Mixer, the one with the third biggest piece of mind share out there. I'm not going to say viewer base because that's not true, but the biggest mind share out there. Poof, gone, and all of a sudden, all those viewers, all those streamers, they want to go somewhere to make sure their way of life is not in jeopardy. And as they go around and start to weigh, do I go to Facebook Gaming like Microsoft wants me to? Do I go to YouTube? Which is easily one of the biggest video platforms out there and is still making a fairly good go of it with live content? Or do I go to Twitch, which is where I probably used to be, And, oh my god, what is all of this about sexual harassment? What? Yeah. Literally. The worst possible time for Twitch. That all of this could surface. Now, don't get me wrong! It is extremely important that this all surfaced. Because this is, (laughs) when you talk about sexual harassment or sexual assault or even worse, you want it to be dealt with, without a doubt. This is not a topic you want to sweep under the rug at all. I want to stress that. This could not have come at a worse time. If you were Twitch. And granted. There are signs that Twitch is trying to sweep this under the rug. (laughs) But there's no way you could do it. Are you kidding me? Let me just list off. The sheer number. Of people being accused. I have... Dang, this Excel spreadsheet will not let me click on anything because it's read-only. We have 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 that are unfortunately listed as just anonymous. But then you move on. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, possibly 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, maybe. Oh, I know, that one's Mixer, never mind. We'll still count it, though. 96, 97, 98, 99, 100, 101, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 110, 111, 112, 113, 114, 115, 116, 117, 118, 119, 120, 121, 122, 123, 124, 125, 126, 127, 128, 129, 130, 131, 132, 133, 134, 135, 136, 137, 138, 139, 140, 141, 142, 143, 144, 100. And 45 accused. And granted, I am sure I have miscounted in some way, shape, or form because I literally just did that on the fly. There ain't, an, there ain't a big enough broom in the world to help you sweep this under the rug. Now, Twitch has already gone publicly twice and said that internal investigations are being done. As well as investigations involving local authorities with a number of these. Now, unfortunately, there is, they're not saying which ones are being investigated and which ones aren't. They haven't even said if any aren't. And unfortunately, I know just from covering other stories involving law enforcement, Twitch probably is not allowed to say who is under investigation, which is not helping Twitch's public image. When there is an ongoing investigation, you want to reveal as little information as possible so that the suspect cannot make moves to try and inhibit the investigation. This does not help all the other Twitch streamers out there 
who are outraged by the fact there are 145 different uh, different colleagues of theirs that have been accused of potentially sexual assault. So then this scandal grows much hotter. Some streamers are even contemplating making their own platform as a result of this. And then, of course, you can't just blindly go in and issue bans. Because when there's this many, there are undoubtedly going to be accusers making stuff up to get back at someone. There were already a handful of these, and granted, very few that I could confidently confirm were hoaxes of just an old ex trying to ruin someone. That also being said, there are much more that could be confirmed were true accusations. In fact, Bless RNG basically straight up admitted that he committed sexual assault, but he was super sorry about it. Well, needless to say, his streaming platform is no more so what happens from here well to say the least this is still a developing story there are still many more pieces to the puzzle and this is going to be going on I guarantee you for months Because these streamers still do, in fact, have rights. And on top of that, a number of these are partners. And more than likely, a number of these partners have contracts that are different from the normal generic one you get as a Twitch affiliate or a Twitch partner. And just straight up perma banning them or suspending their services might violate that contract. We don't know for certain, though. There is also that element to this. Doing what's deemed right, but then also making sure that everything is good with the law do not always coincide and I say that as someone that would much rather see a very swift resolution of this because of course as a victim of this and not not to say that I am a victim of this but but saying that a victim of sexual assault going out there and just 
putting out their tragic story out there does put them in a vulnerable state because now you've gone public and now you're worried you could be targeted by friends of that you have just accused. There are so many layers to this. It's hard to say that, hey, it's easy. Just just go out there. Just, just say, hey, this happened. It's also very easy to just say, hey, you made it up. And it's very easy for those same fans, like someone in the chat just said, to just blindly trust their favorite streamers. Like, oh, he's a nice guy. He would never do something like that. Are you sure? I'm not going to lie. You see a guy like, like, bless RNG. He's a global emote. Is he actually still? Let me actually see something here. Is Bless RNG still a global emote? Nope. It's gone. Understandably so. But the emote was innocent enough. A Jesus-like figure praying and looking to the upper right. He's a nice guy. He wouldn't commit sexual assault, right? Well, showed you. Well, I'm now thoroughly depressed. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, there's one other Twitch ban that is a massive mystery. And we still have no idea why. This is a very interesting one. We'll be back. Over the past year, I've helped thousands turn their lives around. And today, I'm going to tell you the one simple trick that will change everything. All you have to do is... And now a message from our sponsor. With Progressive, you can bundle your boat, RV, or other outdoor vehicle for great protection and even more savings. Progressive. And that's it. You'll have that for the rest of your lives. So excited for you. Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. I do want to stress again that if anyone is a victim of sexual harassment or sex or assault, whether it be related to Twitch or not, talk to someone. Of course, someone that you trust. Shifting gears only slightly, Dr. Disrespect, currently one of the biggest Twitch streamers there is, is a Twitch streamer no longer. Very suddenly, on, I want to say Friday, was when it happened, we found out that he has been permanently banned from Twitch and more surprisingly 
every single subscriber to Dr. Disrespect has been refunded their subscription fee. And that is far more abnormal than anyone realizes. Because normally in the terms of service for any kind of subscription to Twitch, it's just known that, hey, there's no refunds. If you want to go support the streamer, that's, that's you. That's all on you. Same thing with the bits. But it's been refunded. Now, there were rumors that he was banned from all live streaming platforms. However, as someone in the chat has reported, his YouTube is still up. His Twitter is still up. His mixer isn't up, but I mean, I don't think he had a mixer. And also, mixer is dead. Lol. But here's what's even more fascinating. Even Dr. Disrespect himself has no idea why he has been banned or fired or terminated or pick a reason. And keep in mind, when you're a streamer this big, you don't just have, like I said, the normal sort of Twitch affiliate contract or the normal kind of Twitch partnership contract. You have a custom negotiated contract that, are, that normally has protections built in to make sure the contract is fulfilled and that by pledging your exclusivity to a platform like Twitch... That you get what you are owed. Now, of course, we have no idea what it's related to. No one has any idea. As far as I can tell, no one has made any kind of claim of sexual assault against Dr. Disrespect. Although he does have a history of... I hate kind of saying it because it, it's it it feels like I'm ratting someone out. He does have a history of cheating on his wife. That being said, though, his wife has made a public statement saying that she still supports her husband fully and all of his fans. So it's most likely not another cheating scandal. At least we assume so. But granted, we are trying to assemble a 2,000-piece jigsaw puzzle with 17 pieces. I don't think we have a prayer of piecing it together yet. This is still a developing story. And the guess could be, well, anyone's guess. One theory was that he was banned because he was in talks with Ninja and Shroud on forming a brand new streaming platform. I disagree with this for one main reason. 
There is another streamer by the name of Avalon Star who on June 24th was very publicly talking about starting his very own streaming platform and going over the details. And his channel is still up. Well, Twitch just didn't notice. Oh, they noticed. Twitch staff was popping in and out of that stream constantly. Multiple sources confirmed. Twitch was there. Twitch knew. That streamer Avalon Star was talking and in fact has made physical steps to starting up a live streaming service that I unfortunately completely forgot what the name was and completely forgot to put in my notes and I am stalling for time while while chat, like just right now, pulls me out of this. It is called Altiar. A-L-T-A-I-R. Thank you, chat. Altier, I'm sorry. Alt-air. Chat cannot decide how this is pronounced. Just look up A-L-T-A-I-R. You'll find it. <laughs> Chat still cannot figure this out, whether it's Alt-air or Alt-A-R. <laughs> now chat says it's banana. All right, well... We, we got the name. That's the important thing. It's not like I'm a professor on how things should be pronounced anyway. That much is obviously certain of it. The point is, is that Avalon Star was very public in the fact that he is doing this. And he was very public that he is doing this because Twitch did not take immediate action in suspending these streamers and like i said i know why you can't just blindly ban them the website is tv. if you want to go look it up thank you chat and chat is now uh, reaching the conclusion that it is in fact spelled Altair, as named after the star, which would make sense considering the fact the streamer that is starting it is named Avalon Star. I will, however, also stay that I am not a professor on pronouncing things. Absolutely not. Do not take my word for anything on how anything should be pronounced. Ever. Unless I say I did research on this. But in any case, it is for that reason that I seriously doubt that any talk of Dr. Disrespect trying to join up with Shroud and Ninja on starting their own streaming platform is not the reason he has been permanently banned from Twitch. There are a lot of theories out there. I do not think any of them can yet be confirmed. And what's even better 
the Twitch news doesn't stop there. You remember long ago when Twitch bought CurseForge and the whole plan was to use the CurseForge platform to make the Twitch desktop app, which was going to be a competitor to Discord, and then the Twitch monkeys couldn't figure out how to code that together. And it was just a giant hot mess. And then no one used it except for free games. And then they still never fired it up. I'm not even kidding. My gaming computer still has the Twitch desktop app on it. It still has all those free games. I have not installed a single one yet. I have no idea if it works. But needless to say... CurseForge has been sold off to a company called Overwolf. And with that said, I have no idea what's going to happen to the Twitch top desktop app, or the Twitch top, the Twitch desktop app. Nor am I going to, uh, nor do I have any idea what's going to happen to my super convenient way to make sure that my various mods are up to date. Well, don't worry, because Overwolf says they will still keep the CurseForge platform going as a subscription service. Or also have in-app ads. My disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. So I guess we'll just see. Maybe it won't be as bad as it seems on paper. Because, I mean, just saying, oh, hey, it's going to be subscription-based or and uh, ad revenue-based. It could just be something very simple, just being the Twitch desktop app sort of thing. And it's just like, okay, here's a banner ad. Hey, you want to get rid of that banner ad? Just pay us five bucks a month. It could be something very simple like that. Maybe it won't be so bad. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. Like, all I can do is just sigh. It is definitely, without a doubt, the end of an era when it comes to that. We're going to take another break here. Actually, no, I take that back. We're going to move on and talk about NVIDIA posting its DirectX 12 driver set. I, I, what else do you say about this? It's it's interesting because this thing's going to fortunately feature the DirectX 12 version of ray tracing. So at least we do now know 
NVIDIA is no longer going to be using their own in-house sort of ray tracing that was barely supported and instead switch over to the DirectX 12 version, which is also the version that AMD RDNA 2 or codename Big Navi is also going to be using. It's also theorized that the Intel Z processors processors, graphic cards will also be using DirectX 12. So at least that means good news. If you were worried, like I was for a while, that ray tracing was going to be a giant fragmented space and that your game required an NVIDIA card to do real-time ray tracing and on an AMD card that could also do real-time ray tracing couldn't do it and so on and so forth it fortunately will all be unified now of course the question that chat is bringing up and is very important is why and also how well will it be able to do real-time ray tracing and that's a very good question the answer is nobody knows and that's the key here the old RTX 2000 series graphic cards did real-time ray tracing rather poorly I should probably first say what is ray tracing. In fact, someone in the chat just asked, what the heck is ray tracing? So normally when you play a game and there's a shadow, it is not generating that shadow as you would think. It's basically calculating the object that's making the shadow and the shadow separately. Basically as separate images. It's why on some older games you would see that the shadow of an object is in way less detail than the object. Well, ray tracing causes a shadow to be generated exactly as it would in real life. It traces the ray of light, which also means things like reflections shadows and also how light actually interacts with an object is done much more realistically in video games you normally don't see light interacting properly with objects it's all generated approximately how it should with ray tracing it's done in real time in an accurate sort of way it would in real life. Normally for ray tracing, you couldn't do it in real time. So movies that use CG effects in order to do like say have, well, for example, let's just say you have like a liquid man walking around that is made of metal. 
you could do a ray tracing simulation and then show everything reflecting off the body in a realistic sort of way. But in order to do, say, a 30-second scene of that, it would take a computer hours to simulate that. The fact that these graphic cards can do a second of that in a second time or in real time is phenomenal. The RTX cards could do this, but the frame rate was basically cut in half. So if you were playing a game at 30 frames per second, you turn ray tracing on, all of a sudden you're now playing it at 15 frames per second. And if you ever played a game at 15 frames per second, you know it's uh, it's not great. And also, only a handful of games did this. Battlefield 5, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Minecraft. I was about to say those all off the top of my head, and literally, Metro, and literally chat just started listing them all off before I had a chance to say them, so I just started repeating after chat. And it's kind of funny, the next question then asked in chat, which I'm sure is what all the podcast listeners are also asking. Why Minecraft? You want to know why Minecraft? I encourage you. Just Google. Just go to YouTube. And Google Ray Trace Minecraft. It will blow you away. I'm not even kidding. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, how about some more scandals? Like the fact that Western Digital tried to put in some very, very, very sketchy hard drives. This is another bit of fascinating tech news that got glossed over because of literally everything else that happened. And we need to talk about it. You heard you could save big when you bundle home and auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Hour 2, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. A very rare, mildly planned Hour 2, and we still have a lot more to cover. Western Digital has hit a bit of a controversy in regards to two different hard drive technologies. When it comes to physical hard drives... There's conventional technology and shingled technology. That's basically what we're going to call it here. 
because I forgot the exact name of it, and let's be honest, nobody but hard drive nerds really calls it CMR and SMR. There's also ones, there's a couple other ones, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that CMR hard drives basically are what are conventional. Whereas SMR or shingled hard drives, their read and write speeds are fairly longer but their capacities can be bigger and are also cheaper. They're great for what's referred to as archiving storage. So say, for example, if you were, say, some kind of crazy nerd who has a small rack server system in, in a second bedroom in a two-bedroom apartment... Not, not that I know anyone like that, specifically with a 12U rack. And you wanted to say, go ahead and get a uh, a 1U server and then have an additional 2U disk shelf with that. You would think the shingled drives would be excellent for that kind of archival storage. But there is a problem. When you're doing any kind of archival storage, you want some kind of hard drive redundancy. All right? This means you end up putting it into some kind of RAID array, or you use something like Unraid. And I'll basically save you the details, but basically you set it up in a way where you could you where you could lose one, two, or more hard drives and not lose any data. And all you have to do is replace the dead hard drive with a new one, and then whatever the system is would look at the remaining drives and rebuild the missing data. It's a very super simple way to describe this. But rebuilding that data can take a long time. It can take hours. I specifically use in my center, in my server stack that I totally don't have, smaller capacity hard drives specifically for this reason. My video editing server that I totally don't have has 16 300 gig 15,000 RPM hard drives specifically so if one of them dies I pop it out pop a new one in and in a matter of only three hours the lost data is rebuilt and everything is back well what happens if another hard drive dies during those three hours You see, that can be dangerous. Now, in my case, mine's built with a two hard drive redundancy. So I can lose two hard drives before I lose any data. But what if a third hard drive dies? 
during that rebuild period? Well, then it's lost. All the data's lost. And that's a problem. On conventional hard drives, tests were done with Red's, with Red's, or I'm sorry, with Western Digital's Red platform. And on large capacity hard drives, it would take about eight to nine hours to rebuild the RAID. That's a long time, mind you. But you compare that to their shingled hard drives. And it would take nine days to rebuild the missing data. Nine days of your hard drive, of your archival storage being vulnerable. That's horrifying. Now, that's pretty bad, right? So it's very simple, right? You just don't get shingled drives. (laughs) Here's where the controversy begins. Western Digital had red hard drives with no unique markers that had shingled drives and conventional drives. So you could pick up a red hard drive. And when I say that, I mean a Western Digital red hard drive. And you had no idea whether it was a conventional drive or one of these El Cheapo shingled drives. Naturally, data centers were ticked, and they sued, and here's the end result. Now, you have Western Digital Red, which are shingled drives, but then you also have Red Plus and Red Pro that are not shingled drives oh boy now for home use honestly the shingled drives are fine they really are it just means that you've got to keep whatever the device is that's rebuilding the raid on longer and the thing is is that The build time I mention is specifically if the RAID is in a file format called ZFS, which is used very commonly in things like FreeNAS and a bunch of other Linux distros that I don't know about because I'm not a Linux guru. In a hardware RAID, the rebuild time is not as long as it as that 9 hours i mentioned i want to or that 9 days i mentioned i want to say it's like just under a day if you're using a hardware raid 
The only thing is that you lose some of the power of using ZFS. ZFS just lets you say, oh, hey, look, I'm running out of space. Let me just add another hard drive. Done. Capacity expanded. It's a great feature to have, don't you think? Especially if you are a home enthusiast. And you want to go ahead and just have a home server. You keep all your media on or your family pictures. And before anyone says, chat might have already done it. Just says, just get a bigger hard drive. Just store all your stuff on a single bigger hard drive. (laughs) Let me tell you about my father. I told my father for the longest time, you really, really should get an overkill solution. You really should get some kind of a NAS. You know, just, just hit me up when you're ready to make the switch. I can set you up with a NAS. So you got some hard drive redundancy. And he's like, nah, this one hard drive is fine. I'm just going to put all my stuff on this one hard drive, and it's perfectly fine. And I said, all right, well, maybe you want to instead switch over the, to, say, a cloud service. In fact, someone in the chat just mentioned a cloud service. And he's like, nah, I don't trust the cloud. When I got it here, I know all my data's here. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to say you're, you're, you're going to be sorry when, when that hard drive dies. And he's like, that'll be fine. I get a call on Tuesday saying that when he tried to access his tax info, he got a weird error. Well, yep, that hard drive is super dead. The motor internally failed. And all that, all that data is now being recovered in a clean room. Whoops. And now I got to try and find time to go build a uh, overkill data server solution or some kind of NAS. I'm still debating what the heck to build for him. Do I just go with like an over with with an off the shelf NAS system? Do I try to find a uh, an old server and pitch that? I'm kind of puzzled. Chat saying just use Carbonite or Google Cloud or heckin' anything reliable to store your valuable stuff. Chat says just get him a Synology NAS, cheaper and easier to understand. What actually is the cost of a Synology NAS? I actually am not sure off the top of my head. Synology NAS. Because I I know there's going to be some people who are debating the same sort of thing. How much is a Synology NAS? Five hundred bucks for a four bay. Is it bad that I look at the four bay one or a two bay one's not that bad either? How much is a two bay? 
Oh, God dang it. Synology doesn't list their prices. God bleeping dang it. I think I got to go to Newegg. This is annoying. Actually, Amazon. Synology. I know this is riveting podcasting right now. We're finding out in, in, in real time how much Synology NASs are. First thing that comes up is our Western digital red hard drives. Amazing. Two bay NAS is 170 bucks. That's actually not bad. And like for most people, that's probably what I'd recommend. And that's probably gonna be one of the choices I have. But like that, uh, that four bay one. I would honestly find a used server at that point, to be perfectly honest. I think I could set up a used server for, uh, for less. But in any case, there is your... There you go, about data. Get an ass. Don't store all your stuff on one single hard drive. Go with a cloud solution or get a NAS of some kind. I'm going to end up just doing like a, a large number of them of, uh, d- of different solutions. The important thing, though, when you're talking about data solutions that you provide all the information. I would say if you're going to go up to a family member and say, you know, I can hook you up with something here. Here's what you do. Always approach with multiple options. And always provide as much information as possible. A, uh, a going for a lesson that Intel probably shouldn't have done. So Intel tried to push out there a graphic showing how much better it is to game on Intel processors than it is on AMD processors. You know, if if you're Intel, you you want to go and say, you know, we're relevant. You can game better on Intel than you can on Ryzen. And sure enough, they showed a graph and it definitely looks like that. Comparing a Core i7 10750H to a Ryzen 9 4900HS. Which it, the Intel one being a 2.6 gigahertz, 6-core, 12-thread part at 2.6 gigahertz, boosting up to 5 gigahertz. And the AMD part being an 8-core, 16-thread part, 3 gigahertz base, 4.3 gigahertz boost. And all across the board, it looks like, wow, Intel is 20% faster. Wow, that's incredible. I guess I should go get Intel right now since it's clearly the superior gaming laptop CPU. Right? There's a key thing missing in what I just told you. What is the most important component when gaming? CPU is pretty important. Cooling is also pretty important. 
But far more important than that is your graphics card. The Intel laptop was using a full-blown RTX 2060. The AMD laptop is using the lower wattage RTX 2060 Max-Q. In addition, the Max-Q never got the slight performance boost boost of the Super Generation. Whereas the RTX 2060 very well could be a Super, but just never branded as a Super because on the mobile side, the RTX 2060 was never never got the super branding only the 2070 and the 2080 was labeled super but there is a 2060 super for mobile that's just not called the 2060 super so what does that mean it means intel lied intel stacked the deck in their favor like nobody's business Now, with that being said, other tests have shown Intel is slightly better for gaming than AMD. But it's only by like 4 or 5%. And let me tell you something else. In the world of gaming laptops, I would say you should absolutely go with AMD for one big reason. Power consumption. The AMD gaming laptops through what I can only describe as dark magic manages to squeeze a metric ton of power out of the battery compared to the Intel's. Intel gaming laptops for whatever reason you can't get much more than four, five, or six hours of battery life when you're doing non-gaming tasks. When you do gaming tasks, mind you, your battery life, I swear, is six seconds, no matter what you do. I swear, you fire up Minesweeper on a gaming laptop, your battery life immediately drops to four seconds, and then it's gone. Okay, maybe it's not quite that bad, but still. Intel can only squeeze four, four, five, or six hours of battery life. For whatever reason, the Intel processor cannot manage power consumption when it's using its integrated there's still a lot of power being consumed by that discrete graphic card. AMD? Whatever they're doing, as far as power consumption on gaming laptops, it is far superior to Intel. Those laptops squeezing 10, 11, 12 hours of battery life when not gaming. When gaming, that battery life is gone. The only way you're going to game is just plug it in.
But still, you go ahead. You find if you. Here's my actual advice to you: If you're looking for a gaming laptop, find a nice, fairly thin AMD system with a discrete graphic card, and use that as like I would say like a 15 inch AMD laptop, and just like see how much heft it is to it. See if you feel comfortable carrying that around. And that is pretty much guaranteed to be your mobile battle station and your set. It is incredible what AMD has done with battery life. But then for Intel to try to pull this stunt, man, Intel, your AMD is showing. Your old school AMD is clearly showing here. Let's shift gears radically. Someone in chat says they don't really get gaming laptops. As someone who hunts down high-end laptops, I totally get it. I totally, I totally do. But then I'm in a situation where I do move around a lot. If I'm going to say a convention, I'm going to want a lot of power in the laptop. So that say, if I'm going around and I'm taking pictures or I'm taking movie shots, I can still in the hotel room, stitch it all together. Or if I wanted to just go up on stage and if I'm holding a panel, I've tried doing this countless times, even though the internet never allowed me to do so and actually stream right there on the stage. It's nice to have that power. It really is. Someone in the chat is saying in their country of Cyprus, gaming laptops are cheaper than building your own gaming PC. That is legitimately unbelievable. That is actually surprising. I am actually... That is incredible. I'd actually want to know some details on that. But in any case, we're shifting gears over to the Z graphic cards. Z, spelled X-E, is Intel's next generation graphic chips. We've seen these showcased as the integrated version, the version that would actually be inside the CPU. So a lot of these thin and light, very basic laptops could have fairly respectable gaming power in them, which could in fact make a super high-end gaming laptop like I was just defending completely obsolete in certain use cases. But then that got people wondering, wait a second, wasn't Intel promising a discrete graphic card? from Intel are we not going to get that haha that's where you're wrong we have now pictures of the Z discrete GPU and they are big a one tile version a two tile version and a four tile version whatever the heck a tile is I assume some kind of compute unit that's used on the graphic card itself. Beyond that, I have no idea. I am not a graphic card engineer. 
nor do I even pretend to play one on TV. What I do understand... is that these are way too big to fit onto a CPU die. These are, without a doubt, going to be their own discrete card. We could be seeing NVIDIA, AMD, and Intel in the graphic card wars. Here's what I want to know. When can I throw one into a card? I mean, into a computer, so I can see how well it performs. I must know. I have to know. We just, I, I just, I, I want one. I want to throw one in. I want to run some benchmarks, even though that's totally not my thing, and I totally don't have the money to justify just getting one to test it. Uh, someone in chat thinks it's going to be a chiplet design, sort of like Ryzen. So one thing I do know is that GPUs, whether AMD or NVIDIA, they use what are called compute units. And those individual compute units have a large number of either stream or CUDA cores and they all work together to make the image. That's what I imagine the um, the tiles are. Are like the compute units you normally see on an NVIDIA or a AMD card. I will say this much, at the rate Cyberpunk 2077 is going, you might be able to actually try Cyberpunk 2077 on an Intel card. It has now been delayed again. Now all the way to November 19th. It is super disappointing, but uh, you know what? The fact that the company is willing to delay it is impressive of itself. Think about it. A gaming company doesn't make a dime on a game until it's out. And while they're making the game, they are spending like mad. Day after day after day after day, you are paying that staff to make that game. You are paying outside visual effects houses to make the effects that are going into that game. There is a lot of work going into the into development, and the company that's in charge of making it, they don't see a dime of their investment until that game is out. This is why a lot of games just get rushed out unfinished. And then patched later. It's because they just physically don't have the money to fix the game. And the fact that the makers of Cyberpunk 2077 are willing to wait to delay it until it's just right. Kudos on you guys. 
kudos on you. If you don't know what Cyberpunk 2077 is, it's a game that is very much like The Witcher, where it's a very open world game. Or if you don't know what The Witcher is, it's like Skyrim, except not buggy as hell. And, well, instead of being a fantasy sort of setting like The Witcher or Skyrim, it is a futuristic sci-fi sort of setting. And in fact, they brought in a lot of talent for it. In fact, Keanu Reeves himself plays a character within Cyberpunk 2077. It's where the whole meme of know your breathtaking originally came from. As Keanu Reeves came up on the stage of E3 to showcase what Cyberpunk 2077 was going to be. We're going to take a break here. I know there's still so much more to talk about when we come back I've got a lot of Google news as well as EA being not very EA like and it's very very surprising Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. <clears throat> the broken Bunsen burner burns so bright. South, Jamie. Southeast Asian Peninsula. Hey, hey, Jamie. Yes. I think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big. Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. I have to know what happened to the real EA. This is not the EA EA I know. I, I know EA. EA is full of lies, deceit, and trying to do everything in their power to get their hand closer and closer and closer and closer to my wallet. But yet, it has been reported, or rather said, that Star Wars Squadrons will not have microtransactions and isn't a live service. No. I did not get this story from the hard times. No, I did not get this from the onion. No, I did not make this up. This is not fake news. Unless EA is lying, in which case it is fake news. We won't know until the game's out. But I still can't help but squint my eyes staring at the story and at the press release from EA and just ask who are you 
W will the real EA please stand up? Chat is mashing X as they doubt this is real. If it is real, though, hey, maybe I'll actually play a Star Wars game. Actually, I can play Star Wars game now that freaking Origins no longer is a thing. I can play Star Wars games again. My God. Chat suspects it's an out-of-season April Fool's joke. And that's quite possible. Whatever happened to the guy that pretty much became a living meme by asking Blizzard if they made an out-of-season April Fool's joke? Alright, we're going to shift gears on over to the Google Pixel 4a is almost here. But here's a couple of things. First off, the new Pixel 4a, which is going to be the cheap version of the Pixel 4, is confirmed it will not have a radar. I'm sorry. But all of you who absolutely loved bringing your hand up to your Pixel 4 and controlling it like you were a Jedi that did not use microtransactions, that will not be on this phone. I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. All four of you who actually use this feature, that's not on this phone. Terribly sorry to tell you that. There is, however, some good news. It does have a single camera and a rather massive camera bump because everyone must copy Apple and I hate it. But far more importantly, it has a feature that I thought we would never see again, that I thought would be dead forever. It does have the unicorn of all cell phone technologies. A headphone jack! It's true. It does, in fact, have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Hey, where'd my wallet go? It's gone. No, come back here, wallet! No, don't get it! We, ha we ha already have a phone with a... that it's gone. All joking aside, it is stunning. And underline, stunning. How rare a headphone jack is nowadays on a smartphone. And there's no reason for it. I absolutely hate the fact that all these manufacturers are getting rid of the headphone jack and a whole bunch of us saying, oh, it's for, it's for, it's for what, water resistance. I hold here in my hand my Samsung Galaxy S. 10. It too 
is IPS water resistant. I forgot the exact range of it, but it's very high up there. It does, in fact, have a very good array of three cameras. It does have the hole punch camera. Someone in chat just said that they have the exact same phone. And the you, you want to know what's funny? What's funny? The particular person in chat, I actually did challenge my Twitter followers to f- try and spot me in a Where's Waldo kind of scenario for the Twitch Chicago-like picture, or the Twitch Chicago pictures that were posted up by Twitch Chicago. Someone actually did, and it is the same person in chat who did post, post up, I think I found you right here. First off, they didn't. But I noticed they took the screenshot directly from their phone. And I could tell they had the S10 because they had the exact same hole in the screen on my S10. And in fact, it lined up exactly with mine because I viewed it on my S10. And they had the exact same battery mod software that I have because they had the exact same ring except on the upper half of the camera hole and I could I, I was I, I was blown away by this <laughs> it was hilarious because all of a sudden I'm looking at this and I'm like why the heck is my battery indicator showing up twice and I didn't realize this until I flipped the phone upside down and realized the camera hole moved or rather duplicated. It was pretty funny. But anyway, the Pixel 4a is going to be here soon. It also does, in fact, have the same camera hole punch. If it has the same resolution as the S10, then you, too, could download the exact same battery mod for the S10 and also fool me into thinking that you have an S10 when, in fact, you have a newer phone. The point is, I am still miffed that everyone's getting rid of the headphone jack and claiming us for water resistance. You know, you know, insert expletive here, that the sole reason you got rid of the headphone jack was to sell your stupid wireless earbuds that I've almost lost three times that barely fit. And in fact, the despite the fact you claim those wireless earbuds are... IPS water resistant that me working in a sweatshop immediately killed those mics. And I am still super ticked about that. You know, want to know why that you want to know what I end up doing? I have getting a cheap set of headphones and using my headphone jack. Ah, still annoys me. In much happier news, Android 11 for the Android TV preview had leaked out, and in fact, it shows that the Project Sabrina Google Chromecast dongle project thing could be here very, very soon. Like in Q3 of 2020, soon. Someone in chat thinks that the uh, the mock-ups of uh, the 
Google Sabrina project looks like it might be a makeup ad. And uh, you know what it is? It's the colors. The theorized colors are black, white, and then this like very peachy feminine skin tone. Like, that's what I think does it. It definitely looks like the same sort of color you'd you you'd use for, like, a makeup foundation. And then the other two are just pure white, pure matte white, pure matte black. And that is definitely coming up with that. And then, of course, the codename Sabrina is not helping anything. Granted, it is a codename. I mean, how long did uh, Xbox Natasha last? That lasted, what, a year? And then, let's be honest, you forgot. Real quick, can anyone name what Project Natasha was? From Microsoft? It was the Connect. Google's going to be doing the same thing. Its name is going to be radically different. And knowing my luck, I just said that, and it's probably like something radically different. You know what? I'm actually going to quickly go take a tab over here and quickly look up Project Natasha to make sure that I didn't just spout nonsense. Because after I said it, I am now a lot less confident that that's what it was. Apparently, there's a streamer by the name of Project Natasha, and now I have no prayer of finding out what it was. God dang it. Well. Natal! I I had a feeling I had it wrong. Whoops. Oh, well. My point is... You're going to forget Project Sabrina as well. And you're just going to hear it called as... The Android cast. Or Chrome TV. Or whatever it ends up being called. My money's on Chrome TV. All 12 cents of it. In any case though. The Google's. The Google photo subscription service. That you didn't know existed. Is now shutting down. Unfortunately now. You can't go into your Google photos. And hit a button and have your photos printed to you professionally and sent to you. And that means that the also fe- the feature of it automatically picking your best photos using AI and saying to you, that feature you never used also will never see the light of day again feels bad doesn't it oh wait no no it doesn't how many of you even remembered this existed i didn't even know this existed and i track this stuff semi-professionally well the feature's gone now never forgetty rip in spaghetti one person in chat knew 
Another person said they remember remember it exists during Google I.O. when they bring it up. And that's it. We have no, we have no, yeah. Well, it's gone now. Rip. Now, here is some very exciting news that affects everyone. Like my phone making a notification that was suddenly heard by the mic. It's a notification from eBay telling me to go buy stuff. That's not happening. Anyway, here is news that affects pretty much everyone. Google Chrome will now devour less memory on Windows 10. And it might possibly be because of Microsoft Edge. Yes, now Google Chrome will only require 256 gig of RAM down from the 1.5 terabytes of RAM it was using before. <laughs> uh... Okay, those numbers might be slightly high. In any case, this is still good news. I mean, how much of... I'm actually slightly curious. How much of my RAM is currently being used on my stream machine by Google Chrome? Here, let's take a guess. Guess how many gigabytes is being used by my Google Chrome right now. Keeping in mind that I use Google Chrome to have all of the browser tabs open to power this podcast. First guess is 12 gigabytes. Some, another person says all, all gigabytes. Another says 16 gigabytes. Oddly enough, everyone is high. It is currently using up 6.2 gigabytes. Which, granted, is not an unsubstantial amount. That is... That is about a quarter of my RAM. Granted, I'm using a industrial-grade CAD workstation to stream off of that's loaded with 32 gigabytes of RAM. That's still an obscene amount. Because not everyone's going to be rocking 32 gigs of RAM. That's gross. Almost nobody does that unless they're video editors, CAD users, or Linus from Linus Tech Tips. Those are the only people who use 32 gigs of RAM. Or lunatics like, like a few people I know in my community that run like Threadripper. So the fact that Google Chrome will gobble less RAM. In fact, I should say it's quite possible this patch is already out and that it's already affecting me. Maybe that's why I'm only using six gigs of RAM. That could be two. It's saying that the memory usage could be cut by up to 27% on. Oh, okay. Well, that's nothing. That'll save me a cool 400 megs. Yeah. 
All right. We'll we'll see down the road. We will, in fact, see. Fujitsu now claims the world's fastest supercomputer. I'm not going to lie. I forgot Fujitsu existed. And I feel legitimately bad about that. What's staggering is the amount of cores inside the Fujitsu. I feel dirty saying this supercomputer's name. Fugaku supercomputer, which is, by the way, powered by ARM. Not x86. It is using A64FX ARM CPUs clocked at 2.2 gigahertz, and it is rocking 7,229,072 CPU cores. Wow. Actually, now that I think about it, I can't remember the last time I have seen a Fujitsu computer come off lease. It's been a while. Like, Fujitsu used to be the king of the convertible laptop. That could be a laptop, but then a swivel over the hinge and a clamp down, it was a tablet. Like, they made solid convertible tablet computers before it was as popular as it is today. The power consumption of this monster Fugaku supercomputer is 28,335 kilowatts. 28,000,000 watts. Wow. Simply, wow. So, of course, chat wants to know, will it run Crisis? Will it run Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I mean, technically, no, it can't. Not without an emulator. Because it's all ARM! You'd have to compile the game for ARM. Oh, well. Hopefully, I mean, most likely it will. I'm not going to say hopefully. It will be used for researchers everywhere, and hopefully it will do some amazing good in the world. We're going to take another break here. I know, way more breaks than the normal Eagle Eyes on Tech as we close into our number three when we come back some microsoft news some sneak peeks at the nvidia gpu and of course the big big historic apple news we all knew was coming 
With round-the-clock protection at a great price, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to, unlike this unenthusiastic hype man. Okay, everybody, let's make some noise. Put your hands up. Or not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to Progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. We're in hour three of very, very rare hour three. Microsoft is introducing its new Microsoft Defender for Android, and it's now available in... The Preview Mode. I also just realized that we didn't hit a button right, but that's that's okay. Moving on. So now you can go ahead and download a virus scanner that has had a terrible history of ever working properly for your phone, which more than likely needs a virus scanner much more than a Windows PC or a Mac. And also, you can get one for your iOS device very, very, very soon later this year. Which also needs a virus scanner much more importantly than your PC. Really? Microsoft Defender. I mean, I know it, I knew it was coming, but... Really? It still feels... I don't know. It, it feels like a serious businessman, like, comes to a meeting room and brings, like, a Lego rocket, rocket ship in and, like, guys, I have a plan. All right, well, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe they learned something. I mean, Windows 10 really doesn't have a whole lot of virus problems nowadays. It's mostly with, like, sort of web-based attacks, like with ransomware, where an antivirus wouldn't really help you all that much. Or, say, a uh, phishing sort of attack of some way, shape, or form. Viruses are actually really, are actually fairly rare, now on Windows PCs. Now on phones. That's another story. So maybe there's something to it. I don't know. All I do know is that Microsoft is adding Linux, Android, and firmware protections to uh, to Windows. But they're only going to be available to... Uh, to large business customers, so 
even though guys like me who go and shell up the extra for the Windows Professional Edition, we won't uh, really see that. It's only going to be in the Enterprise versions, which makes me wonder why. Oh, why did I bother shelling out the extra 20 bucks for the professional version if it won't even let me defer updates? Still annoys me. Still annoys me a bit. Well, those will be things that uh, the Enterprise crowd will appreciate, probably. I don't know, to be perfectly honest. It's above my pay grade. What isn't above my pay grade, however, is the fact that new NVIDIA Ampere GPUs have been spotted in the 3D Mark high scores. And what we're seeing is fascinating. The Ampere GPU outperforms the Titan RTX, the RTX 2080 Ti Founders Edition, and even keeps up with some of the top-tier scores from extreme overclockers that use liquid nitrogen to cool cards like the Titan V and the RTX 2080 Ti Kingpin Extreme Edition Overclock card. Granted, the Extreme Over- Overclock 2080 Ti still outperforms the Ampere card barely. But the fact it performs so well above the RTX Titan card by roughly, oh, I don't know. What would that be? 23%? That's pretty good. Not as good as some rumors initially stated, but still, it's pretty dang good. Especially if it turns out that's not the RTX 3090. If it's a lower-end card, that's even better. I am all about performance increase on a budget. You want to talk about some very embarrassing news? How about a security threat? It was revealed on the new iOS beta that we're going to get to talking about. Don't worry. We're going to talk about the new iOS beta. But it revealed that uh, the TikTok app uh, very frequently reads whatever is stored on the iPhone's clipboard. Now, why would it do that? Well, uh, TikTok says, it's a security thing. We're doing it. Joe, that's it it, for security warnings and stuff. It's to protect the user. That we see what it's copying constantly. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Security. Uh, Needless to say, um, despite the fact that that feature was there for security, uh, TikTok has removed the feature. It's no longer there. 
but it's for security. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's just for security. All right, let's talk about WWDC. For those who don't know, every year Apple holds a worldwide developer conference known as WWDC. In the past, it was used for developers to come together to talk about ways that they could develop on the Unix platform of the Macintosh. Nowadays, it's still that. But more importantly, it's where Apple announces everything software they're going to be doing. And of course, because it's the year 2020, being within line of sight of anyone physically is hazardous. I mean, not really, but also kind of, sort of, really. I digress. The entire announcement was done virtually. Normally, it's done in a keynote presentation format where... Steve Jobs, and now Tim Cook, stand up on stage and go through a PowerPoint presentation that's slightly fast, fancier than your average PowerPoint presentation, but still makes those who deal with PowerPoint presentations still cringe because it's still a PowerPoint presentation just done in Apple Keynote instead of PowerPoint. Are you sick of hearing me say PowerPoint yet? Well, don't worry. This was still this this was still a much fancier PowerPoint presentation. Let's get started. First off, the new iOS 14. iOS 14 is basically Android. That is the laziest way I could describe what it is. But it's basically it. So, first feature is that you can now make on-screen widgets. Apps that now have a widget function built into it, it can just be on the home screen. So you could say, when you turn on your phone, just automatically have a really cool uh, clock right up at the top. And maybe even have a battery feature on it. I've never seen that before, but, uh, you know, you could do that now, possibly, on the iPhone. Or even have another widget under that that has the current weather. And you could even, well, I don't know if Apple supports this, but you could possibly even tap on it to open the full app to get even more information about it. I've never seen that done before, except on Android. But it's there now on the iPhone. However, you cannot move it around exactly how you'd like. You still have to fill everything top to bottom. You cannot have empty space on your home screen. Yeah. It's still... It's still a very Apple-like way of doing it. You can also now decide to not have apps on your home screen, but still have it installed. So you know how on your iPhone you most likely have probably your third screen, a whole bunch of folders with apps you never use? Well, now you can just not have that screen. But instead... 
at the very end have one screen dedicated to all your apps and even have it sorted based on what kind of apps they are. I've again, I've never seen that except when I press on this one icon down here, this one cute little square. Oh, I'm sorry. It's when I swipe up that I get the apps menu on Android. I mean, I've never seen it before. Ever. It's still good to see this functionality finally after 10,000 years. Come to the iPhone. There's also a bunch of other minor updates. Uh, The Siri update that a lot of people are really excited about i don't know why though so normally with siri when you activate it it brings up its own screen and takes over the whole thing now if you do it it brings up a small section of the screen and then well And then as you ask it, then it brings up a small window of that information, but still keeps everything behind it intact. However, you cannot interact with the stuff behind Siri. So it still might as well take up the whole screen. What's the point? On Android, when I do that, if I go ahead and say, hey, what time is it? It will go ahead and just... Thank you. That the mic probably didn't pick that up. It will still bring up the whole whole window, and I can just dismiss it. Why have what's currently active in the background if you still can't interact with it? It's literally a feature that introduces nothing. But it's a new feature. Even though it's not. There is also the ability, while you're playing a video or a movie, to have it in picture-in-picture. So say if I were... Let's, Let's say if I was on my phone, and I was like, Oh, wow, hey, look, Unbox Therapy has a new video up about Spot, the robot dog that's going to take over the world. I can just, with a press of a button, bring that to a small window and continue my business while it's playing in the background. Well, now iOS has that. Good. Took them long enough. So, I mean, iOS 14 is basically hey, we got all those Android features now too. And it's about time. Really? Oh yeah, there's also uh, little small applets. I forgot what what Apple called them. That's neat. And also we had that on Android as well. You can also now use your iPhone as a key fob for your car eventually, which too will get hacked, and then suddenly your car is no longer your car. I see this going horribly. And I am stunned and disappointed at every single tech YouTuber not seeing how this is going to be hilariously abused. 
especially since iOS has so many security vulnerabilities. Security firms are saying, stop telling us about iOS security vulnerabilities. We can't take it. There are too many. But using my iPhone as my key fob, a-okay. Yeah, that's not going to go over well. I'm just saying. There's going to be a spree of stolen cars. iOS, or I'm sorry, iPad OS. It didn't really get a whole lot, honestly. A lot of the features that the iPhone got are being moved over, but things like the widgets aren't being moved over yet. Uh, You basically now have OneNote functionality everywhere, which is actually kind of cool. Despite the fact that it's a blatant ripoff of OneNote, the fact that it's everywhere and is a system function rather than just a system app is really interesting and is a and I think it'd be very welcome on the iPad. Watch OS can now Oh yeah, um uh, I forgot. On uh on both iPad OS and iOS, you can now set your default apps for both mail and your web browser, but nothing else yet. It's it's pretty neat. The watch OS will now track your sleep, which I couldn't believe it didn't do before, as well as creepily stalk you when you're to uh, detect when you're washing your hands and give you a friendly little timer to remind you how to let you know that yes, you have washed your hands for 20 seconds. Really a function of just saying, hey, this feature was definitely launched in 2020 and it will in fact stop the timer if it detects that you stopped washing your hands it is not known yet whether whether it will shock you for not washing your hands for 20 seconds i kid that's probably not a feature though it would be funny if you stop washing your hands and then and it detects, oh yeah, you haven't, you stop washing your hands and like a minute later just actually, actually electrocutes you. That's when you know we really have, we might have gone too far with the emphasis on washing your hands. But only might have. And then... Uh, the big story. Oh yeah, there was a software update for the earpods. They will now somehow magically know which device you're using. I'm curious to see how well that works. We'll see. We will see. And also it has Dolby Atmos features that will be powered also by the accelerometer. But then, of course, there is macOS Big Sur. Oh, macOS Big Sur, which, by the way, not really talked about a whole lot. It is not macOS 10.69 or whatever the heck they're up to now. It is macOS 11. I am surprised that was not talked about at all. I imagined Apple would have made a huge deal about that. 
and like hyped it up to no end about how the world's most advanced operating system gets even better Woo! or whatever but no we didn't get that it's just it's big sir they did try to uh, sarcastically say how uh, their crackpot team of naming engineers who most likely consists of drunk Bob who lives in a closet throwing a dart at a map and then picking the closest landmark to that dart and saying that's the name of the, the operating system. Before it was drunk Bob going through a zoo and naming the first cat he could find. Now it's locations. Anyway, though. macOS 11. Do you remember a while back when Apple was adamant that the iPad is never going to be like the Mac? That the iPad and the iPhone is its own thing, the Mac is its own thing, and they will never, ever intertwine. Well, that's BS now. A hundred percent. Without a doubt. The icons all now have rounded corners, very much like the iPad. Or the iPhone. There is now quick access control centers that look exactly like the ones on the iPhone and the iPad. The sliders, switches, scroll bars, they all look exactly like they do on the iPhone and on the iPad. The only thing that's really different is the fact that macOS 11 still uses Windows. By that, I mean they use... They they hold the programs in actual Windows, not Windows, the software. You know what I mean! But beyond that, everything looks very much like it's on an iPad. And remember, some of the functionality that lets you just bring up a whole grid of icons, well, those are all also going to look like a giant iPad. And then, of course, to boot, as we heard the rumors for that were so strong they could not be avoided, yes, Apple is cutting its ties over the next two years with Intel and insist on using their own ARM-based processors. We didn't get any hardware, but developers can order a Mac Mini that is tooled out with the new processor, and it is, in fact, just the exact same processor that's in the iPad Pro in a Mac Mini. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. 
I have never seen Apple BS as hard on stage as they did trying to sell the fact that moving to their own CPUs was a good idea. Now, Grant, it's been a while since I've seen the keynote. It's been a while since I've seen the presentation, but the entire time... All Apple compared it to was their very first generation of their own CPUs. They didn't compare it to Intel at all. They didn't even try to say this is for the best. They just said, we're doing this. Deal with it. And at the same time, their own engineers... I think they have been sabotaging the performance of Intel chips for a while now. That's a bold claim. Prove it. The MacBook Air. You look at the thermal solution of that MacBook Air. You tell me that a passive heatsink strapped down on an Intel 15 watt chip with a fan on the other side of the of the freaking laptop with no heat pipe and no heat sink connecting the two and that thing hitting 100 degrees instantly because of course there's no active cooling on it at all And you want to tell me that that $1,000 laptop is a good idea? That that's Apple making a good effort to make sure that that CPU gets the best performance it can? We've been talking about this for a while. Linus has been talking about this for a while. Lewis Rossman has been aggressively talking about it for a while. That's what we're going to call it. Aggressively talking. About how Apple's thermal solutions are just abysmal. There's no other way to talk about it. The only piece, the only Mac that has a thermal solution that is adequately designed for the chip is the only one that is actually marketed to professionals. The Mac Pro. Every other Mac thermal solution is a joke. The MacBook Air. The MacBook Pro. Where its fan curve is designed to not even kick in until it reaches 98 degrees Celsius. The Mac Mini, where it just has one squirrel cage blower with no air intake blowing through one slit of an exhaust vent. 
the IMAX that have one to two squirrel cage blowers with no way to try and get the dust out. So in a handful of years, the thing chokes to death. These aren't products that were designed to last. They are not products that were designed to give that Intel chip a fighting chance. There has been people theorizing. In fact, a former Intel engineer saying that Skylake quality control was the turning point for Apple shifting to their own ARM chips. I think the only reason Apple wants to do this is because of their own ego. I think they just wanted to do this and they just came up with an excuse to do it. Why else run a chip that hot? All you'd have to do is just use a $2 heat pipe and just transfer the heat away from the CPU to a heat sink in front of a fan and just run the chip cooler. They've got quiet as can be fans. But why do that when you can run it hotter? Kill the Intel product faster and just say, you know, we could solve this problem by switching to ARM because ARM runs cooler and a lot and a lot less fast. And it's all Intel's fault. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'll just I'll just be blunt. I think a lot of Mac users are going to be ticked. I think they really are. Because I'm willing to bet these ARM chips are not going to run anywhere close to as fast as they could have if they used Intel and properly cooled it. Not to mention if they just used, you know, something like AMD which is currently the top dog in the performance market, hands down. But you know, why do that? When you can just use your own silicone and just say, hey, we can get so much better than Intel by using our own chips. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, because we saw this during the PowerPC era, they are going to compare to Intel over and over and over again. And I guarantee you there's going to be hilariously rigged tests showing Apple's own ARM chips being the way of the future and beating out Intel two, three, four times more powerful than some nebulously executed chip. And I guarantee you, yeah, that ARM chip's going to outperform Intel when the Intel chip is on fire. It is a historic moment. It is a big moment for Apple. 
but I think it is one that Apple's doing because they want to, rather than one out of necessity. Apple switched from Motorola to PowerPC out of necessity. Apple switched from PowerPC to Intel out of necessity. They did it because they saw that the performance was much better somewhere else. And I think that this transition is done because Apple just felt like it. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. Apple caves to to other app developers. And, well, the the reason being is not going to surprise really anyone. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. How did I end up here? Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, we got very little time left, and we got a handful of stories to finish off. Apple has, in fact, allowed developers to now challenge the App Store rules. Before, it was, if you don't like Apple's decision, deal with it. You have no choice in the matter, and you must comply with the rules or else. Well, now the developer can out challenge Apple's rule of whether they're allowed or denied. Why the heck is that? Well, in a related story, remember that Hey Email app we were talking about? And how 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 uh, Hey Email didn't want to have in-app purchasing. They wanted to direct people to their own page so that they didn't have to pay Apple a 30% cut of their only revenue. Well, all of a sudden, even though Apple was adamant that Hey Email should have never been approved in the first place, all of a sudden, they've approved the app and definitively done it so so that you know there's no problem it can function as normal i wonder why hmm could it have something to do with the uh with those weird investigations done into them for uh why is my phone going nuts all of a sudden. In any case, I wonder if it had anything to do with those, uh... No, 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 don't don't make sounds, phone. I wonder if it had anything to do with those, uh... Those suits filed in Europe. What's the right word I'm looking for? Not trademark. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue! 
the point is is that it's obvious it, it clearly has not no not copyright it, it clearly has to do with uh with the investigation done into apple in regards to the way they handle their own store the fact they control everything and the fact that you have to use apple's antitrust there it is thank you chat the antitrust investigations done into the way apple manages their own app store i mean it's obvious first they say no then the then the suits rise and the investigations go all of a sudden wow it's being approved it's incredible Well, on the 24th, the Pokemon company promised us a new announcement, and my god, the Pokemon company gave us a big announcement that was totally worth its own day and its own announcement, and totally everyone is excited for it. I mean, holy cow. Wouldn't you be... Pokemon does so many good things. So many amazing things. What could they be announcing? There are a lot of theories. A Pokemon MMO. A remake of Pokemon 4th Gen. That would be Diamond and Pearl. A new version of the digital Pokemon trading card game. I'm surprised they actually haven't done that yet, to be perfectly honest. But, I'll tell you what, the Pokemon company definitely surprised us. They announced something that literally no one asked for. They gave us Pokemon Unite, a League of Legends clone. And to make things even better, Pokemon didn't even make it. They got Tencent to make it. You remember Tencent, right? The Chinese company that makes bad bootlegs of existing games you kind of like and ports them to mobile to the point where they barely function and no one is happy yeah that's what we all looked forward to has anyone met anyone who is actually excited for this anyone like, I'm not going to lie. I, I actually am kind of a sucker for Pokemon. Like, I, I, would, I would say I'm dangerously close to being a Pokemon fanboy. I'm not going to touch this. Okay, you know what? I actually might touch this. Only for, like, a stream. To make fun of how bad it is. Maybe.
I'm not installing on my phone, though. Who can only imagine the amount of spyware that'd be left on my phone by the time it's installed and Tencent installs whatever the heck else there'd be. Uh, I'm just saying, no one asked for this. Literally, no one. Which brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. An AI robot has been officially cast to be in a sci-fi film. What? So, you know how all those sci-fi movies talk about how AI will eventually replace all of humanity? This time, AI has actually replaced a human actor. Now, granted, there's all sorts of websites that are supposedly AI-powered that do nothing but, like, randomly generate very bad pictures. Probably the funniest one is AI-generated motivational pictures. Ones that give such inspirational quotes of shout or don't shout. You decide. Man, I feel inspired already. The movie is called To the Bone. And it's going to be the very first feel, the very first film to rely on an artificially intelligent actor. This is it's going to be entertaining to see where this goes. That much is for certain. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech, which is officially the longest episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech ever, clocking in at over two hours and 30 minutes and getting dangerously close to Spreaker's maximum three-hour limit. If you liked what you listened to but want it slightly shorter, don't worry. I doubt we're ever going to get this long ever again. Feel free to check. Feel free to follow this podcast. It's available pretty much everywhere on every single podcasting platform, as well as the early bird briefing, a three minute daily version of this podcast, which you can find on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker. Oh God! What 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 else? Spotify ev- everywhere. It's available everywhere. And I'll check out my Twitch page at Twitch.tv/EagleFalcon. Take care, and we'll see you next time. I just want to know how long is it going to be before 4chan gets their hands on this AI actor 
or actress, I mean, I, I don't know, actor or actress, and begins to turn him or her against their movie director masters. How long until this AI is suddenly turned into some horrible racist monster by the internet? I'm just saying, 4chan and Reddit have a history of doing this. And I don't think this AI is going to be much different. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash info, netsuite.com slash info. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.